He's got a big dick. He's got a little dick. He's got, I'm like, like, you, you gotta look. You're like, look at all these dicks. Like, they come in all shapes and sizes, don't they? Welcome to, hey, did you ever see that movie? I'm your host, Dez, and as, actually, can I be Art Vandalay tonight? <laughs> if you really uh, want to be. I import chips and I export diapers. That's for all the Seinfeld uh, fans <laughs> out there. Okay. Uh, as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Lynn. Watch your mouth. It's Christmas time, so let's act like it. Those were the only lines spoken in English in this whole movie. <laughs> and joining us again, the podcaster with a degree in terror, Tony. Hey, how's it going? All right. Tonight, we will be discussing the 2010 horror movie, I use horror loosely, Rare Exports, written and directed by Jalmari Halandar, starring Dorma Tomila, Oni Tomila, Peter Jokabi, and Tommy Corpalala. You just As... you sound like an Eli Roth when the Inglorious Bastards when they're being introduced, they have no idea what they're talking about. That's pretty much it. As always, this uh... podcast will contain spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie, go take fucking lessons in how to speak Norwegian. Go watch it. Then come back and listen to the podcast. All right. Um honestly, the uh, having to read the um, subtitles, not a problem at all. This movie was very easy to follow. I was actually more engaged with this. It, it was way easier to follow this, understand it, stay engaged, enjoy it, than it was for last week's piece of shit movie, Love Actually, which I had no idea what was going on. And the entire thing was in English. So there you go. Um, yeah, so we are going to do, this week, The Fast Five. Um, we have done away with the 401 Fun and One Fake Facts, and we've replaced it with The Fast Five. And this week, The Fast Five is going to be Horror Movie Showdown. So, what I will do is I will give you both two choices, and you will tell me which one you prefer. And we will start with Tony. Tony, yes. number one, Halloween or Friday the 13th? Friday the 13th. The Lynn. Halloween. Uh, I think Friday oh. the 13th was a little scarier. Are we talking Tony? series or just the first movie? We're just talking the movie. Oh, all right. I'm, I'm changing to Halloween. Sorry. Okay. So we've got <laughs> Halloween for Tony and Dylan and I are both going Friday the 13th? Or no, I went I... Halloween. Okay. So I'm in, I, think, I think Friday the 13th is way scarier. Way scarier. Uh, number two, Sinister or The Strangers? Tony. Oh, fucking killing me. Um, <laughs> sinister. Dylan. Sinister. Oh, it's sinister all day. Because you guys know that I would have beat the bag out of all three of those kids. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't want to hear your, your rundown again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number three. The Ring or Paranormal Activity? Tony. Oh, Paranormal Activity. Dylan. No, I think The Ring is scarier. I thought they were both very scary. I was able to get through the ring, although I didn't watch the parts uh, where they showed the cassette tape because I wasn't sure if it really would open a portal. But I was unable to watch 
paranormal activity because 10 minutes in, I knew that this was more than I could take. I, it, it's, it could happen. And I don't like movies like that. Like I don't wake up and find the lint floating over my bed. Uh, <laughs> again. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Uh, especially now that I'm having to sleep with my door and locked upstairs so the cat can get in and out. Uh, number four, Poltergeist or a Nightmare on Elm Street? Tony. Nightmare on Elm Street. The way. Poltergeist. Poltergeist all day. Uh, and and I you like how every time I answer mine, I'm like as if it's a fact. Poltergeist all day. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. Like that's, oh, yeah. that's in Fangoria oh, yeah. magazine. Is like that's where it's posted. Like my answer in Fangoria. <laughs> You're fucking ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Uh, number five. Black Christmas or Psycho? What's the OG? Oh Tony. man. I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna go Black Christmas here. I. I oh. Damn. Yeah. It's it's a. I, I watch that so much more than Psycho. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lynn. I'm gonna go Psycho because I feel like um, maybe without Psycho, you don't even have Black Christmas. Uh, yeah. I mean, had they explored the villain in Black Christmas, <laughs> <laughs> remember the scene goes. in the graveyard. No, uh, you shouldn't. Okay, okay. Um, I think with this one, I have to go Black Christmas. I'm with Tony. Black Christmas. Wow. Maybe. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Let me go through uh, Fangoria. Okay, it says here Black Christmas, so we're good. Uh, let's do some opening thoughts on this one. I will get us started. So when Tony suggested this, one... I didn't know I was going to have to read the movie. Um, so. He spent the entire week complaining I about this. I totally I forgot you and your reading issue. Yes, so I did. Oh, I, oh shit. I, I spent the whole the whole week complaining at work and here like, I got to watch this fucking movie. I got to read it. Ah, I'm going to hate it. I'm not going to be able to follow it. Um, oh, I thought it was going to be an old movie. I thought this was going to be like Black Christmas. So when I clicked on it, one second into the movie, one second, I'm sold. I'm in 100%, all in, loving it. I thought it was very smart. I don't know if they did it on purpose that they started in English because immediately I'm engaged. I love it. I, they're, they're drawing me into the story in English. And by the time the subtitles come in, I want to know what's going on. So I am now, um, I have a reason to read. Right? There's an incentive to read. I have an incentive to read. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was, I was so pleasantly surprised, but we'll get into it. Uh, Tony, opening thoughts. Um, yeah, I just, I first heard about the movie through a buddy of mine. He's like, it's this Christmas thing. You know, it's supposed to be a new, it's getting reviewed, you know, rave reviews in other countries. I'm like, all right, I'll check it out. And I happened to catch it. I think it, I'm not sure it was Brattle or Coolidge, but I'm like, you know what? Let me go see it. You know, everybody's talking about it. And I walked out of it just like, I, I fell in love with the movie. It's just beautifully beautiful we'll get into all of it but just gorgeous like you don't expect it you feel like all right farm movies like all right they're gonna be like grainy and like you know everybody's talking about cheese you know but this is just like <laughs> it was an such an innocent pure but yet dark beautiful movie and that's so yeah. weird to say about a christmas movie but yeah we'll get into uh, it it really was and these characters <gasps> i mean i've fucking cared about these characters and I didn't even know what they were saying. Like the father, 
Like there's a scene where the little kid says, what if I disappeared? And he's like, disappear to bed. And he's wiping a tear away. And I'm literally fighting back tears on the couch. Like I can feel this man's pain. It's really good. Uh, Dylan, what'd you think? Um, so Tony kind of um, crested the subject, but it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And part of it is the fact that they, it's set in the Norwegian mountains. So like you didn't even have to worry about, you know, backdrops or anything else. It's just gorgeous. Like everywhere you look, it's a gorgeous mountain vista. Um, but they really cleverly made this movie childlike while not childlike at all. Like yeah. you get this kind of sensation of seeing things through Petri's eyes and he seems very childlike and full of wonder, but at the same time, nothing that's happening is childlike and full of wonder. It's like, so it, it was very clever, very, really oh, clever. But that the, the, all the characters were so legit too. Like oh, this yeah. felt so real life. Like when the one kid with the mullet says, you know, you tell your dad, I'll beat the fuck out of you. And then yeah. it's like, I've been in that situation, like where you've done something wrong with maybe an older kid. And it's like, do you tell your parents or and face this kid whooping your ass? Or do you keep the secret and save your ass? <laughs> You know, yeah. Yeah. And, I also uh, appreciated that they do my favorite thing, which is the callback. There's things that happen early in the movie that come back later, and you're like, oh, oh that's what pay- it means. Yeah. The payoff <laughs> is so, so tight. You're like, yep, thank you. And what I was saying to Delin was immediately, right out of the gate, this movie reminds me of, like, let's say um, Stranger Things did a weekly show where you would get a story like Creep Show, and this one would be Santa Claus. So this felt like a Stranger Things episode to me, uh, but set like in Norwegian, you know, uh, the Norwegian Alps, whatever the fuck it was. Skiing and eating chocolate in the Norwegian Alps. Um, oh, dear. But yeah, but that's what it well, felt like to me. any of our Norwegian listeners. <laughs> uh, that's what it felt like to me, though, which made it fun and feel whimsical. And yeah, we'll get into it. This was, oh, what a fucking awesome surprise this was. Nice. Dylan, will you please give us the snoopsis? Snoopsis? I suppose I can do that. All right. On Christmas Eve in Finland, Santa Claus is unearthed in an archaeological dig. Soon after, children start disappearing, leading a boy and his father to capture a man that they think is the real Santa. With the help of of fellow hunters, they look to sell him back to the corporation that sponsored the dig. Yeah. um, The thing is, you, you don't even know that's what it is. That's yeah. the fun. The funnest thing about this movie, like when I first saw it, I went in completely blind, and you have no idea what's going on or where this movie's going to go, if you don't, you know, if you're not going to read about it. It's like, all right, we're in, the, we're in, you know, this small, like, you know, small community. Everybody knows everybody. There's no women. It's all fathers right. and their kids. Yeah, you know, in this harsh winter winter land, and it's like they're they sell meat. They sell reindeer meat. That's their income. And they're like, all right, well, there's obviously a company digging for something, but we don't know what. And it's just, you don't know where it's going to go. Like, I legitimately, till almost a third of the movie, had no idea what the hell this was about. Right. And then then it's dropped on you, and you're like, that's fucking genius. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like the fact that they said initially, like, when they go up to the the dig site to ask the guys about uh, the reindeer, we'll get into that. But the guy says... They're not taking core samples. So clearly they had been lying about what they were doing up there. Right. Which, you know, you can understand why, but. (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, what was great about this too, it really was a, a tribute to the storytelling was there was almost no special effects or practical effects in this. It was all just like, you know, beautiful sceneries, um, you know, some good makeup on these Santa Claus figures that were like just skinny old men. Uh, so there was very little like horror or, yeah. uh, or special effects, but it, I wasn't missing any of it because the storytelling was so good and yeah. it wasn't in English. So <laughs> fucking there you go. Wow. <laughs> Okay, scene breakdown. Our movie begins on a Finnish mountain topped 24 days before Christmas. A foreign company is digging into the mountain while two young local boys watch from behind some boxes of explosives. A man explains to those gathered that they are working on this culmination of his life's work and dreams. The boys leave the mountain, sneaking through a hole in the fence to head back home before the blasting begins on the mountaintop. One of the boys is Piatre, who spends the next 23 days digging through Santa Claus' role, realizing there might just be something to be afraid of on that mountain. Flint. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably easier to understand in Norwegian. It probably was, honestly. What do you, what do you got on this opening scene? Um, so you, you, um, you get this cool opening with the guys up on the mountain doing the digging, a little bit in English, and I love the sign he hands out. You know, no drinking, no smoking, no cursing. I'm like, okay, there's interesting, and uh, I like the fact that when he's talking to them, and one of the guys is smoking, the guy reaches over and takes a cigarette out of his mouth because he's like, mm, no more smoking. Yeah, but I'm assuming that means that if uh, Santa Claus catches anyone doing something naughty, you're fucked. So yeah, <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Um, and of course, you know, this kid, Peter, he's adorable. He's this little munchkin and the bigger kid with the earring and the mullet is giving him the shit. <laughs> like, oh God, this it. poor kid. Um, yeah. And of course he, he has a, a spidey sense saying something else is going on up there and he's digging through that lore. And I thought I really appreciated the, um, you know, the credits going by while he's looking through all these old books with all like the scary Santa Claus pictures. And at first, when I was first watching this movie, I thought it was going to be Krampus. I didn't think it was going to be Santa Claus. And then I was like, oh, it's Santa. It's not even Krampus. They're going full Santa here. So I enjoyed this opening. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing I really enjoyed about this was they immediately set that there is danger all around them. And it's not from Santa Claus. It's from wildlife. Like these little kids have to run around with uh, rifles on their back. Everybody is holding a rifle or a shotgun in this movie at all times because there's wolves and there's prey. And it, you forget that like when you're a human being living out in that kind of an environment, you are not necessarily on the top of the food chain unless you're armed. And I thought that was a nice touch. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, um, it kept it real life. And that's what I as fantasy as it was, it was based thoroughly in in in, in real life. You know, yeah. these it was it was business. They they had a business to run. We're not gonna be able to make it through the winter if we don't get this reindeer meat. So hey, reindeers are due to come down. So let's get the pen ready for them. And I love the I, I love the buddy with the with the sunglasses. He's like my favorite. Yeah, you know, he was Captain really cool. He could have been he could have been in um the thing, right? He could have been on oh, that come- crew. Well, how many how many references to the thing can one movie have without being an asshole and being the right. thing? This movie was like 
the kids the kids book the golden book of the thing you know yeah <laughs> yeah so it was just so so good and so yeah. you didn't know what was going on until you did and it was right. you know they, they I, I don't want to jump ahead but just yeah just the intro scene and the set decoration the lighting it's just it's he's up in this like you know the top floor of their house and he's got the eaves and he's looking out the frosted window and it's it's the golden like candle lit kind of warm feeling you actually get the heat which gorgeous scene and you yeah. know, he's sitting on suitcases looking out the window all these worn suitcases like it was like a perfect setting and you know like this had no budget these are no. like probably like like grandma's suitcases like all right dude go get those put them in the scene you know it's like and it worked yeah. perfectly yeah and then you're gonna and then another clever move was he's going to show us a bunch of illustrations of these horror, you know, these, <gasps> these Santa Claus depicted as monsters doing these things to children. And, you know, you're giving me the images. I, I see what the actors got, what the uh, director was going for without necessarily having to do the practical effects. This is what might come. This is what might come. Right. And I can see the fear in the child's eyes and it's pretty awesome. You know, who the kid with the uh, mullet reminded me of, have you ever seen The River's Edge with Keanu Reeves? Yeah. Oh, I fucking love that movie. Okay, so you know his little brother with that dangling earring and the mullet? Oh, yeah. the kid from Near Dark. It's it's yeah. um it's um Jason Patrick's brother. Yes. So almost the same character. It, yeah. You know this little rebellious dude, and it it really brought me to that. And uh, yeah, just oh, I love the characters in this movie. I cared about all of them. I thought yeah, they were that, all and great. that's the thing that you really did. It's like yeah. you felt them. Because they they just they were they were human, and yeah. the the cool thing the only piece of trivia I found on this movie, you know, because I didn't sit with the commentary afterwards, is that Petri I'm going to say Petri dish. I mean, I'm, I'm sure. him <laughs> him and the the guy who played his dad is his legitimate dad in real life. Yes. So oh really? Fa their father son. So it was like the dynamic is already there. So I mean, mm -hmm. that's just great great idea. You know, they have how many you know how many people you have in Finland like living mountain ranges <laughs> that you do this with so. No, yeah. just again, perfect casting, perfect characterizations, just so good. I really felt the love between the father and the son. And I love the way the father was hiding his pain of losing the mother from the son and trying not to look weak in front of the son. Like, for instance, I said in that scene where he asked, what if I disappeared? And the father is like, he's gutted by the question. Like, he knows if he lost this kid... He would just kill himself. And it's all he has in the world now is this child. But he doesn't want to look weak in front of the child. And it's he's not one of these dads that's like, you know, come here and give your dad a, you know, a hug and I love you. And, you know, as soon as the kid turns his back and starts going up the stairs, the guy's eyes well up. And I think it hit me so hard because, you know, I have a I have a better relationship with the guy that gets me my coffee at fucking Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> in the morning than I do with my own dad. So to see that kind of love for a child, I was like, oh, my God, I don't have any love for anybody. Yeah, and, he, he, and, and the kid's just like, you know, oh, this is gingerbread. It's just like it tastes just like moms used to do. The kid's yes. looking for that connection. He's looking for, like, protect me, protect me. Yeah. And the dad's just trying to, like, man up, be a man. It's like we live in a cold, yeah. hard world. This is where we live. Yeah. And also that scene happens right after the reindeer herd fails to come. So right. he's looking at a cold winter with no meat right. and yeah. thinking, how am I going to feed this kid and myself? You know? Yeah. Jeez, yeah. man. I, I have such family issues. I <laughs> wish I had a dad that loved me. 
my mom <laughs> that protected me from the harsh elements of the world and all the monsters out there that gobbled my little soul up. 20 minutes and 56 seconds to get to therapy. All right, we're good. <laughs> okay. Uh, the day before Christmas, Piretzi's father, Ramu, <laughs> is putting stakes in a pit to catch wolves. He's just throwing Pichy. symbols together. <laughs> Pichy has joined and he joined their friends to gather the reindeer the, for the annual harvest. They will feed them through the rest of the winter. But only a few skinny deer show. They find that the herd has been slaughtered, apparently by some beast. The adults assume the beasts came through the hole in the fence. And Petri and his friend Juno are afraid they are going to be blamed. You sound like uh, a Mexican living in France. <laughs> I think I can read it better with the accent, though. <laughs> Um, oh my God. whatever King's speech that's great uh, so so uh. these scenes I think are pretty are pretty interesting one I love how the kids have snowmobiles I think that's so cool they're all getting around in these snowmobiles oh just that would be still awesome. a way to get around right yeah yeah I, I they could bike anywhere you know yeah but all right so they cut the hole in the fence I don't know if that's gonna like do the damage to the to the hunt that they're saying what I mean. Well, they're saying when, that wolves from Russia got through because of that because it's right on the Russian border. I what know. Else, what else? What else could eat? What else could destroy that many reindeer? I mean, it was literally but, what do you say? One hundred ninety-eight deer were slaughtered in one time. Man, you're telling me that fucking without a one by one hole in the fence, there's no wolves on the other side of the fence to eat the reindeer. I don't know. It it was a th- it was thin. It was thin, but I get it. They, I get it. It's it's for the plot. So Beatty has a dilemma. Do I fess up and take the lashings for cutting the fence, or do I take the chance of having to face Santa Claus? So I well, get cause, it. Because that's the thing. is That's his fear. No, Even like when he admits he did it, they're like, that wouldn't be it. That wouldn't be what. Like they, No one believes it's the wolves are, are the fences, his cutting the fence's fault, except for the kids. Because right. they're looking at their kids' kids' eyes, not realistic eyes. Yes, they do know. The parents do know the wolves come down because they're blasting on a mountain, so it's their fucking fault. Right, right. That's, that's why, that's they why they're so there. angry. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what'd you think? Yeah. Um, I thought that it was an interesting scene where he goes in to talk to his dad. And the dad is like, you know, I'm working. Keep your eyes closed. And he's slaughtering a pig. Um, you have to think like meat like that probably uh, will go a long way, but not for the whole winter, you know? Yeah. And that was probably from the summer, a pig from the summer. And that's probably the end of it, right? So that's why they're looking to get those reindeer. And um, I thought it was interesting. Like, he's like asking his dad, like, did you go up on the roof? And he's like, why would I go up on the roof? And he's like, you got to leave the lights on. Like he's, he's clearly, this kid is on high alert. Oh yeah. He's like, something's going on. I see footprints in the snow. You said you weren't up there. He doesn't trust it. And then he looks up at the mountain. He goes, he's watching us. And I'm like, this kid, he knew something was up all along. So something that crossed my mind during this scene. So he tells him, come in, close your eyes. I'm working. So this kid is, going to be a butcher too 
I mean, there's, there's little opportunity in this village. I mean, this is what his future is. I was a little confused at why it would be so disturbing for the kid to see the pig slaughtered. I thought that, you know, this is something that this kid probably be second hat to him at this point. You know, like, well, chop a fucking pig arm off and bring it in. We're going to have dinner tonight. Well, so, I mean, yeah. he's, still, he's still trying to keep him a kid. You know, right. it's like as a, as a, I mean, shit, my, my kid's 12 and I'm still like, don't, we're not watching that because I don't want you to see it. Cause you can't unsee it yeah. when you're ready for it. I'll show it to you. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. I can kind of get that. It's one thing to, like I said, it's one thing to when we see ham hocks in the supermarket in a package, it's not a thing to see them removed from the leg and then packaged up. So, I mean, I, 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 I didn't have a problem with that. That will be called back later when we get to a few more scenes is something I have issues with, but Yeah. I mean, as far as that, obviously he's the butcher for the the township. Yeah, you know, and yeah, that's what he he's his he's he's stuck. He's got no meat, right. and they're fucked, and it's the company's fault. Um, I also thought that building the uh, the wolf pit was a little risky. I mean, you look what happened. Okay, so. What if that's the mailman? What if that's uh, what if what if that's Petrie's little friend coming over on the fucking on the snowmobile? I mean, you're taking a chance, and his friend says as much. You're not supposed to do that. You know, They're like, illegal. Yeah, yeah. Like this is why you fucking hip shit. You fucking come out here and find fucking your neighbor fucking shish kebobbed. Uh, I I love when the when the men go up to the mountain to confront the uh, the construction crew. Um. Oh, okay. So we haven't got there yet. It's okay. Okay. I was just going to say, I love these scenes. They're great, but we'll get there. We, um, we okay. <laughs> yeah. So angry, oh, angry. <laughs> the men go to the top of the mountain to see if they are at fault for the dead reindeer. Once they find the place has been deserted in a hurry, there's a huge hole in the middle of the mountain. Rano is upset that everyone is going to go hungry and feeds Petri gingerbread cookies for dinner. <laughs> While the boy is more concerned that something or someone is going to come for them in the night. The next morning, he goes to reveal himself. He realizes the bait is gone from the wolf trap. He calls his father, Father! Father! Rano discovers that instead of a wolf, there is what he thinks is a dead man in the trap. Dylan, what do you got? Oh that God. was harder to understand than the, than the actual movie. I think oh, so. Shit. No way. I'm reading subtitles. it. I'm reading it better in the accent. There's no question. So I had an issue with the fact that that night, Rano puts a roast in the oven, and he doesn't go to take it out until the next morning. And I can't. Yeah. Like, what? Like that makes yeah. no sense to me. Like we, even we need to doing, see. We need to like, see the bottle of doing, booze. Yeah. Even if you're doing low and slow. I feel like eight hours is probably a little too long in the oven. So <laughs> yeah, just... the roast was like the size of a fucking baseball. Like, how and it's like cook that thing? if you if you're having food scarcity issues, I don't think you're forgetting about that roast. So mm. that that felt a little weird to me, but okay, now let it go. Um, I love the fact that Peter E puts the bear trap in the freaking fireplace because he doesn't want Santa Claus coming down this and he almost kills his father or at least gets his father maimed but um yeah and then of course you know the reveal when he, he you know Peter he's going let me see let me see because he thinks there's a wolf down there and he's going it's a bird it's a bird it's not it's no bird because he's yeah. seen a hand he knows it's a man down there um okay so the roast in the oven or the pig yes. the pig in the oven yeah this scene 
again. It tore into my soul. I could, I see this man standing there in his fucking thermal underwear with his boots on, and like the last of his food is destroyed, and I can just feel him like his pain. And now he's got to tell his boy they're eating gingerbread on Christmas. It's fucking. It's it's well written. It's pulling at my heartstrings. It's giving me the feels. Uh, I really liked it. They should have eaten the Santa Claus. Tony, what do you got? Um, I liked that when we were back up on the mountain um, before everything happened is the fact that there's people standing there and they're, they, they're panicking because they're having, hearing this, this chaos happening and they start swearing and then all of a sudden just the swish and people are gone. It's like this yeah. flash and they're gone. So it's like that's how fast Santa works. It's like boom, gone. And he literally took everybody because yeah. and, because they were basically disturbing the the slumber of of what we we come to find. Um, as far as the family scenes, I mean, this movie, like I said, it's, it's a it's a well written family drama in the middle of this really messed up Santa Claus tale, and it just everything. I keep going back. The only word I can say is just beautiful. It's just a beautiful movie. You know, visually and emotionally, the characters like the characters are great to each other and for each other, and they they portray realism, which is I didn't expect. I always I don't expect it from this movie. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a no no budget, no no known, came out of nowhere, and it it looks like Hollywood spent millions on it, and it's just yeah. so well done. It's so. Do you know if these um if these shots were all legit, like these mountain ranges, and this was all actually shot on location? Oh, yeah. Shot on location, yeah. Yeah, that's why it looks so fucking good. It's real. Um, <laughs> yeah, when they go up to the camp, and you know it's deserted, and come look at this, and they go and they see the fucking hole they dug. Awesome. Oh, just it goes yeah. forever. It's so he throws the fucking flare down, and it goes, and it goes, and it goes. And it's just the like, black. Oh so good it's so good okay um what before we move on just the fact that when they they go to the warehouse we we kind of skip over the fact that petrie is basically has an advent calendar he's been opening little by little by little right and he keeps but he looks at day 24 and he tapes it shut then he staples it shut yeah he doesn't want to open it up to get to christmas because he knows santa's going to come so when he goes up to the government facility What's the warehouse number? A big 24. number, 24. Yeah. So well done. Like, I was, yeah. That was one of those callbacks that I was just like, Mwah. like, just, but you know, I love it. What was weird about that was I was doing that thing where I was like, wait a second, is this the board in his room? Like, it looked so much like that panel. I was yeah. starting to think they were going to, it was going to be something else. You know what I mean? Something they'd more pull mystical. Back and it'd be something, yeah, they yeah. pull back and, you know, exactly. But it was very cool. It was very cool. Um, okay. Runo calls Piprin. Piparin. What? Runo calls Piparin. Is it Piparin? 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 Runo. Ranu. Ranu? No. What is it? Is it Ranu? Grab his tongue. He's having a stroke. Is it Ranu? Ranu. Ranu. Rana. Rana. R-A-N-N-O. R-A-U-N-O. Rano. Rano. Rano calls Pipperin. Another local man to help him with the body. They get it out of the pit and into Runo's workshop. 
they discover a man's passport and assume it is him, even though it doesn't look anything like him. Like, I'm like, this isn't him. This fucking goblin ate him. A man from the dig site, not knowing what to do with the body, they decide to cut it up. I mean, because that's what you're going to do, right? (laughs) When they realize he is still alive, Petrus sees the man through the window and runs. He is picked up by the local police before his father can grab him. Pippelin stares with the man while Raul goes to get a meal. Oh, ammo. Who can ammo. speak who can speak English? Ammo and has his own problems. Someone has stolen all the sacks for his potatoes. Wherein his child has gone missing along with his wife's hairdryer. The police reveal that everyone's radiators sudden we're German now. Have been <laughs> stolen the night before. Dolan, what do you got on these scenes? All right, so the hairdryer. I loved the hairdryer because when it comes back later and he picks up the hairdryer later and he's like, he's like sniffing it. He's like, this is my wife's hairdryer. It's like, how do you, why do you have to put your nose in it and sniff it to know it's your wife's hairdryer? I love when he scent. says, I love when he says, fucking, this is high tech out here. Having a blow dryer is like having a fucking, a Mac <laughs> computer in 1981. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the, I was uh, amused by the hairdryer, especially when it came back around. Um, also, you know, we know because we're watching the movie and we're kind of getting a clue of where it's going, why there's no sacks for the potatoes, but I thought it was super clever. Yeah, like, yeah he didn't steal my potatoes, he just took the sacks. I'm like, oh, gotcha. And that reveal, again, is so artistic. It's just like yes. this pullback over this fucking warehouse field of potatoes. Yep. Again, perfectly placed, perfectly lit. Couldn't have, You couldn't put that in a commercial and be any more pro- like perfect. Yep. It was yeah. just so well done. And I, um, I go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say I agree. It was just really good. He – that this is the one scene that I feel like I wish I could take out of the movie because it's like – all right, it's a kids' movie, kids' movie, kids' movie. We are going to cut up the stranger to hide the evidence. It's like, that is a very <laughs> fucked up thing to decide in this small community. What else goes on in this community that that's like, yeah, all right, I get it. Yeah, you got to yeah, do what you got right? to do. That's an option. That's an yeah. option. Go ahead and, and like, he gets the, the fucking bandsaw going and puts his hand right next to it. I'm like, this is what's going to happen? Like, we're going to just dispose of the evidence this way? It's like, you have kids, you have gingerbread, we lost mom. Oh, it's his heartfelt strength. No, let's cut the body Goodfellas style and fucking put him in the fucking trunk <laughs> and we'll take him out and put him in the snow. It's like it went real fucking gangster really fucking fast and it was like, oh, but then thankfully it, it didn't. But that's the right. one aspect of this whole movie which felt uncharacteristic to the family aspect. But yeah. again, it goes back to the desperation that he was feeling. It's like, hey, I, I put a wolf, wolf pit in. We know it's illegal. I'm not going to jail. I can't leave I'm my I'm going to get in big trouble. We have no money. It's like, that. I can't do this. So yeah. desperate times, desperate measures. I get it. It just felt very speed bumpy in the middle of this quote, out family, of place. family friendly. I mean, don't even get me wrong with like the wave of dicks that's about to show up. At, but you know, we'll get to that after. <laughs> oh, there was, I was saying to Dylan, the end of this movie, when the, when the kid is leading the herd to the thing, I go, this is the finale of To Catch a Predator with Chris Hansen. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, we'll get to it. it. We'll get to it. 
Oh my god! All I was thinking, watching it last night, was like, I wish I could see Des's face with the amount of (laughs) wagging cock on the screen right now. (laughs) I would just love to be a fly in the wall, just like, what the fuck? I was, I was like, holy shit! This is Chris Hansen. You know, we've been following you guys for the last twenty miles, and would you ever see over here, please? (laughs) Shit! Oh my god! Uh, Before we move on, can we also talk about? Uh, you know, the kid gets into the pit, which I was like, oh my God, what are you doing getting into that pit? Everything down there is sharp. But regardless, he, <laughs> he gets the, the sack and finds the dummy. And later on, you kind of realize he was coming for him and he was going to replace him. He was going to take him and put the dummy in there. And then, of course, when they go to Juno's house, there's a dummy in the bed. So Those good. dummies are so creepy. Yeah. Oh my They're God. So creepy. And the Santa Claus that they have in the workshop is so creepy. So these, these are like borderline zombie undead. They have no personality. They don't really speak. They have these crazy eyes. And I love when the dude leans down his ear to hear what he's saying. He fucking bites the fucking guy's ear off. They're savage. They're savage. And I, I loved it. And he looked like Santa Claus. They all yeah. did. Oh, yeah. It was like Santa's elves are like we always say. We go to the malls. That's oh, not the real Santa. That's the Santa's elves yeah. doing his job for him. That's what he was doing. So every time their eyes would silver over, that's what when Santa was seeing what they were seeing, right? And hearing what they're hearing. Yeah. So it's like, it's, oh, so fucking good. <laughs> so good. They're great monsters. These are great monsters. Oh, but you know they balanced this. They balanced the horror and the humor. And the uh, mystery, like you would in a episode of Stranger Things. And that's why I was loving it so much. I was having a lot of fun in this movie. Yeah, it's just small reveals as you need them. No sledgehammer of plot yet. There will be, no. but it's like, yeah, it was just it's just a, a fun movie. That, yeah. Like, yeah, it's just it's it's under the radar. Not a lot of people know about it. And it's so sad because everyone should know about this movie. Yeah, you know, people get scared off by the subtitles like I was, and really it wasn't even an issue. So if you're thinking about watching a movie and that's hanging you up, go watch it. It's fucking great. Okay, the men return to Rano's, and they attempt to communicate with the man from the wolf trap. Patrick calls around to all his friends and realizes all the kids in the village have gone missing. When he goes into his father's workshop, the strange man is fixated on him. He says that the man is Santa Claus, and the men decide they will sell him back to the corporation. Using the radio, they found in the man's jacket. <laughs> so Lynn, what do you think? You know what? I think I'm going to read all of them like this and going th- forward. How did we end up in East Germany in 1930? <laughs> but I can read like this. I don't know why. I don't get it. Um, so the guy is super creepy. I mean, mm-hmm. and he's supposed to be. Um, I love that Peter is catching on real quick. You know, he realizes that doll was to replace him. He realizes the other doll replaced Juno. All his friends have disappeared. And we're coming up to the scene where he brings a little tiny stick out and he says to his dad, will you switch me? Because I was naughty and I got a hole in the fence. Because he figures if he gets punished and he tells the truth and he gets punished for it, that it won't. they won't come and take him. And I was like, yeah. this poor kid is terrified. Yep. Yep. But it's um, uh, it's a really good cool. Ones. Give me yeah. thirty good ones. Yeah, 
And then, uh, of course, he walks in because all of the commotions going on in there. And uh, that Santa guy like fixates fixates on him, and it's just ugh, creepy, creepy. Yeah. Just, just. To, I mean, the guy's got a big enough nose. But his nostrils are huge, and he's sniffing. He sniffs the gingerbread. He smells at the kids there. Yeah. And like, then once the eyes are open, just you're right. The stare is so intense. Ugh. They literally have him in a bag, duct taped up, with just his head showing, hanging from a hook, and he's just staring. Like it's you creepy. don't get much more surreal looking than that. Yeah. It's it was really great. Good. It's a great visual, and I laughed out loud because they're like, "All right, get him!" Basically, yeah. and they're like, "We're gonna wrap him up," and it's like they just kind of move in on him, and then the next scene is this guy fucking hanging, all wrapped up, just kind of dangling there, and these guys just look so clueless. And I, I thought it was very, for lack of a better word, it was sweet. It was very nice. These guys were just. The whole thing was just great. They're in over they, their heads. They don't know they what never to do. Want, they never want anything more than they felt they deserved. That was the thing. Yeah. It's like everything is like our eighty five thousand. How much is it worth? Eighty five thousand. We don't want any more. Yeah, you know, it's right. like twenty percent plus twenty percent or whatever. Twenty percent that. Yeah. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. So I thought it was all very charming. Um, yeah, I really like these characters. Like you said, you end up caring about everybody at, le- at least a little bit. I mean, yeah. even Amo or Ammo. You end up caring about him, and he's he's not even concerned that his son is totally MIA. He's more like just like uh, my potatoes. You know? Well, because his son is always MIA, so for him yeah. this is nothing. True the kid enough, is, true yeah. enough. He's kid, this, around, yeah, yeah, he's around. He's always coming home late or not coming home or just doing his thing. So he's a little town rebel. Well, you okay. know, it's the mullet. They drive the man to the local airfield where a helicopter lands and the man from the corporation comes out to meet them. It <laughs> revealed that he may have found. It is revealed. the It is revealed that the man they have is not Santa Claus, but instead one of his little elves. Beans. That's Sir Santa Claus. Oh, that was fucking brutal. <laughs> they drive to the man's local airfield. <clears throat> to the man? That's what fucked me up. It says man, and it should say main, right? What? Yeah, they drive the man. Oh, okay. They drive the man to the local airfield where the helicopter lands, and the man from the corporation comes out to meet them. It's revealed that they... Oh, fuck. Wow, really? It's revealed that they have one of the elves that's not actually Santa Claus himself. Correct. (laughs) <laughs> the elves kill the man from the corporation while the locals retreat into the hangar. Inside, the elves have gathered all the children from the village as all the radiators and ovens melt Santa out of the ice block he is encased in. All that is currently visible of him are a pair of giant oversized menacing horns, much like the horns on the skeleton that Spinal Tap use on stage. Very much so. The elves are banging down the door, and the men start to panic. But Petri has a plan. He's a very smart little child. Yes, he he gathers all the children still in their socks into a cargo net and has Pipperin lift them all up out of the hangar and fly away. The elves give chase giving Runo and Emma time to use the corporation's explosives to blow up Santa Claus. Petra stands in the pen meant for reindeer 
and all of the elves chase after him with their little peepees hanging out. One is stopping when Santa is killed, ending their servitude to him. I read better in the accent, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you say so. You something in the accent. <laughs> oh, shit. What oh, the my fuck? God. Should we edit that at the beginning or should we just let it fly? No, I think you should oh, let it ride because it, it is, that's you. It's a, yeah, live the experience. That's what okay, we'll let it fly like hanging from a sack. That has so many meanings in this movie. So many sacks, so many meanings. Oh my gosh. Okay, so first of all, let's talk about um, the little stuffed doggy that he's had through the entire movie. And he's dragging it around by the little leash. And. At the end here, when he's in front of that big 24 door, he puts it down and he leaves him. It's like... I cried. Put, like putting away his childhood. He's like, it's time yep. for me to step up and not be a kid anymore. And I was like... Oh. Yeah. That, felt, was the, we, that, was, that was the sledgehammer I was talking yeah. about. Like, it was a little sledgehammer but it was like... Oh. I fucking wiped the tear away. Maybe two. <laughs> Yeah, it was cute. You know, he'd been walking around that entire movie clasping that little stuffed dog. He was so, like, out of shape, and he didn't even look like a dog anymore. And it was just, it was very cute. And I felt like, ah, little Peter is becoming a man. Uh, when I imagine my <laughs> wounded inner child, it looks like Petri. I just want to <laughs> hug him and tell him everything's going to be okay. They can't hurt you anymore. Wears a hockey helmet and runs around all day. It's close to home. <laughs> Franks and beans. Franks and beans. Franks and beans. Maddie. Oh my gosh. So, I mean, the thing that I, I totally dug is, I mean, this is where we do go Krampus here because those horns are, are all the Krampus. Yes. And that means that the real Santa is Krampus, which was great. Um, the fact, I mean, we, we kind of glossed over it, but it's like the reason that they were digging in is because past civilization realized how evil Santa was. And so they trapped him, had him go onto the ice. He fell through the ice. And once it froze over, he was trapped down there. So what they did is they dug him up and then basically put the block of ice on the land and then literally built the mountain around him. I love so that. So it, it, it was a burial mound, the, the entire mountain. That's how big, long, and ar- arduous this 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 thing what it was so dangerous they literally took centuries to build this to make sure no one found them right and when you see the hole they dug to get there they didn't want anyone to ever fucking find them to show how dangerous it was like that was such a great story that the petri drops there they're like yeah. well, yes. this is why it happened and hearing it from a kid through kids eyes makes it even more terrifying because he's like no really this is how bad it was and then all of a sudden he opens door 24 and there's the big two-story block of ice with two huge spinal tap horns sticking out of it going, yep. fuck, with dozens of radiators emitting the heat, melting it, that yep. all the elves stole. And that's just such a great reveal. And again, yeah. lighting, colorization, everything on this is just like, what, like a breathtaking scene. It's like, it's awe-inspiring for such a no-name movie. It's like, damn, my God. Yeah. And then on top of it, you know, like earlier in the movie, when the cop says it's been a crazy morning, everybody had their radiators stolen. It was like, that was almost like a throwaway line because you are like, what does this have to do with anything? Like, you're not thinking anything of it, but then it turns around and it comes back and you're like, 
Ah, I gotcha. This is where they all went. Mm -hmm. One thing that was really weird about this movie, so almost all movies I watch, there comes a point in the movie where I start to kind of zone out a little bit, whether it's exposition or whatever it is, right? This movie, for a movie with very little action in it, that never happened. And the movie felt to me like it was like, I don't know, 50 minutes long. It's quick. It was so quick. I think it's only 78 the pacing was so good in this for a movie that's built on exposition, storytelling, that's in another language with no <laughs> highly action. Emotion, highly emotional. Yes. Yes. Oh, man. It, it just never, it never dragged for one moment. I started watching it and then it was over. <laughs> it yes, was there's like, no, wow. no wasted lines, no wasted lingering shots. No. no, let's no let's reiterate the point over and over. It's like here it is. If you got it, good because this is all we're doing with it. Move on. So, what are you writing a book on your computer? Yeah, I am. Okay, <laughs> okay, Tony, Tony two point <laughs> Um, yeah, it it was it was just unbelievable. Like I said, just unbelievable. Uh, how engaging this movie was from start to finish. Um, it did remind me a little bit. So when they get to the main Santa Claus and we just, all we're going to get is the horns. This movie felt a little bit like that movie. It to me, the, the remake where you've got all the kids from stranger things and the clowns, the Santa Clauses are coming for them. And there's this bigger entity underground that they all have to go and destroy to basically disengage the clowns. Have you seen that movie, Tony, the remake of it? Oh, yeah. So do you agree that this kind of had some saison of that movie? Um, I can, I, can see, I can see the connection you're making. Um, this came out, what, 2010? And the it remakes yeah. were, what, 2017, 2016, somewhere in there? Yeah. So, I mean, definitely not influenced by that. I mean, it could be the original. I mean, yeah. then again, Stephen King shit the bed on the ending of that anyway with the it's such a terrible thing, but think of it like a turtle. Like, oh, fuck. Right. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's like, I could, I think I'm going to, this one I would go, it's definitely coincidence. I, def, I definitely think there's a lot of influence there. Right. But I could see, I could see the correlation you could make there. Totally true. With yeah. once you destroy the one thing, everything else becomes docile. Yes. So, I mean, and, yes. and can we just talk about that explosion? The explosion was massive. <laughs> like, for, again, no budget movie. They had a great fucking explosion from four different angles. Like yeah. that was really well done. And then just all the swinging dicks, just like, oh, I don't know what to do now. Like, we're we just going to stand for it. It's like, swinging dicks. <laughs> the come on. Of- you can't look at that scene and not just your eyes are drawn to the penises. As a, you have literally dozens and dozens of naked old men running. Yeah, you're not yeah. looking at beards. You're looking at wow, they're really swinging. They're really. Running. I was trying to not good look. for them, but you <laughs> I, have to. You yeah. can't not look at a oh, swinging. I was, a running I was, dick. I was, in the shower scene at the end. I'm like, he's got a big dick. He's got a little dick. He's got. I'm like, like you. You gotta look. You're like, look at all these dicks. Like they come in all shapes and sizes, don't they? And that was um, the weird thing. It's like family movie, family movie, family movie. Balls. It's like, oh my god, like they. If you, it's it's just it's such a juxtaposition between innocent, 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 one step away from a porn. You know, like it's just it got weird a, a at that, those scenes. Yeah, that's even. And see, I'm not gonna say it's even worse because that's you know, that's that's racist. But you, it just 
it just feels weird and out of place. They could have at least put like loincloths on or some sort of like pieces of like the, the, the potato sacks or something like that. Just deer to, skins or something. Deer skins. Yeah. I mean, these are elves who've been out in the wild. They're doing the thing. They, you would think that, but I mean, I get the reason they did it because they're literally just primal beasts who are just going to run. Mean, the one of them thought to put the jacket on from the guy he killed. So yeah, he was cold. Or maybe he ate the man in the pit. Okay. (laughs) So coincidentally, (laughs) I had made two hot dogs before I started watching. So I was eating them during that scene. Uh... (laughs) Okay. (laughs) This is when I'm glad it's not video. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, oh, Jesus. Okay. Uh, I, I did want to also say they were able to get quite a few sticks of dynamite into that ice in a short time. My God, right? Oh, God. When they pull back, I'm like, that's a lot of dynamite. That's about 14 hours of drilling right there for three guys. But they, they're funny. on a mission. They got a mission. Yeah. Kids um, Okay. Uh, let's, uh, let's move on. So this is the end. <laughs> it was quick, this brisk. The end. Brisk jaunt through this movie. Yes. Uh, ran through it like an old man with his cock out. <laughs> the locals scrub clean and teach the leftover elves how to be like a traditional Santa Claus and send these beastly serial killers out into the world <laughs> to eat little children in every country. Now the whole world has a child eating Santa Claus in the village <laughs> of their own. So Tony, <laughs> the end, of, the end of this movie, I had questions. Okay. I had questions. So, one, have every country been missing Santa Claus, and they're all in the market to buy one? Uh, who sets the price? Is this like Duke and Duke? Did Billy Ray set the price on Santa Claus for Christmas? <laughs> Um, oh, where's the catalog? Who orders them? Who pays for them? That's, I mean, those are questions I wanted the sequel to have. No. But I, I don't know. That, I, those, are, those are general questions. I like the, the – we're, we're cleaning them up. We're going through an assembly line of, hey, we're watching how to treat a child well and not eat them. It's like the one yeah. that like, does try to like take a bite of it's like I don't know. no 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 nothing in there for you fuzz yeah. face i don't know if shipping these things out fucking worldwide is a great idea oh you know this is so this paperwork that has to be signed you know oh shit like i i imagine one of these things one of these crates is going to wind up under the stairs in a college there you go <laughs> mark to you know <laughs> we're all getting the uh the reference to creep show here i hope so yes. the Easter egg, the, um, the egg, the Easter eggs have been found, sir. Yes, yes. Um, so I thought it was a nice ending. I mean, obviously these guys are going to get rich, but it was odd. I mean, the scene starts off with them hosing these fucking these old men down uh, in a giant, you know, YMC, the local YMCA in the village. <laughs> I don't know where this large showering chamber exists in this little Norwegian town, but they're in there. They're hosing them down. Uh, I don't know. I mean, just Tony, talk to me about this. What, what is going on at the end of this movie? They, they, they take them all. They clean them up. They hose them off. They clean them up. They sit them down and they say, all right, they're, they're basically just open. They're like clean slates at this point. They have no personalities. They have no knowledge of anything because the Santa that was influencing them and controlling them is now gone. So they're literally blank. 
So right. they're programming them now to love children, not in a bad way, <laughs> to love children, to treat them good, to give them presents, sit on the lap, tell them what you want, give them presents, do the Santa role that we all know in the malls. No, so that's... no, no, this isn't going to work. So, so, I mean, unless they're shipping these things out with presents and miracles and birthday wishes, no, you get no. the local... You get the local drunk in town. He dresses up like Santa Claus. You take him to the mall. The kid sits on his lap. You, dude, you, I no. What are all they right. doing with these zombies? The See, zombie comes to the town. Where do you keep the zombie all year? Where do you feed the back zombie? In the, the guys who buy the zombie keep him <laughs> in the back room of the mall. Look, all right. Here's the thing. Come November, end of November, there's only one place to go for my. You go to Burlington. Yeah. Burlington has the good fucking Santa. Yeah, is he's he fat? Not, he's fat. He's got his own real beer. He's a fucking biker. My wife actually knows <laughs> his daughter. Like she calls him like what days is he gonna be there? We want to make sure we get your dad. Because he's he's legit. He's the good Santa. We pay the money to Burlington Mall. We're not gonna go to Saugus. We're not gonna go to fucking Liberty Tree. We're gonna go to where the good Santa is. These are all the good Santas. Oh, yeah. So when people so- see them, they're like, all right, this is legit Santa. That's how they make their money. They put them back into storage for the year, and they pull them out in fucking November, put them in the malls, do the thing. They're not giving presents. Parents give the presents. We know this. We are all adults. This no, is so not, let's none say, of them are the real Santas. Let's say you go to the Burlington Mall this Christmas, right, and your big fat biker friend isn't there. Then we and, don't go. <laughs> and now there's this skinny little fucking creature, sucked out face, a weird glimmer in his eye he doesn't speak the english he just stares at your child and you're gonna put it on its bony ass fucking crackhead looking lap and what well they, they, i'm sure oh, they're gonna why? fatten them up by then they're fattening them up they're feeding them yeah they were getting fat does it talk feeding them does it no. talk so it doesn't it's a zombie. talk we don't know we didn't we, didn't, we weren't sitting it on that much it's, we didn't sit in the montage the whole way through. I'm sure they taught them the basics. What do you want for Christmas? Oh, have you been a good boy or girl? I'm sure ho, those ho, are things ho. that they did go okay. over. So you're going to spend 88 grand on a crackhead Santa. And and I don't, I don't know, man. It doesn't make sense. 85 grand. It, yeah, with, it doesn't make with 20% sense. 20% VAT. It doesn't make sense. The whole th- the end was very strange to me. Just I was fine with it. Suspend your disbelief and enjoy it. Okay, I it's just, a Christmas I didn't, miracle. Okay, <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. Big, big order too. Big back order on those things. <laughs> I mean, how are they advertising these things? They're out in the middle of nowhere. Like, what did they send out a flyer? I mean, I don't. Well, they, get... they obviously had a business with the reindeer meat because they had the logo for the reindeer and all their companies. So I'm sure that word of mouth spread quickly. Okay. Get them out because they had a whole year to do it. So we don't have any we don't have any reindeer this year, but we do have these child eating zombies we can send you for eighty five thousand dollars. <laughs> oh yeah, sack them up and send them out. We'll let them oh, loose in the community. Goodness. We'll okay. make millions. I'm just having fun with it because it was such a bizarre ending, but it didn't ruin it for me. It was fine. It was fine. Uh, Dylan, did you have anything on these uh, closing scenes? Uh, no, I mean I think we've covered most of it at this point. Um, yeah. <laughs> And Tony, do you have any final thoughts on these closing scenes? No, no, I think that was that was it. I just it was it was a nice wrap up that again didn't see coming. Like, where is this movie going to end? How is it going to go this way? Obviously, they got to kill Santa, but then them packing them up, shipping them out, 
and then understanding rare export. Now I get the title. Can I say, wait a Can we also say for one second that they put them in the reindeer pen? They've got no meat for the winter, and I yeah. for a minute was like, please don't let them meet them. Please don't let them okay. meet them. Can I? Can I? Let me give you a better ending, okay? Because I'm, I'm actually getting good at writing movie scripts. As oh, are we you? Do these. <laughs> yeah, you're I think so. Good at it, kid. I, I've been coming up with some good shit. You know, it. you're just jealous. You know when you're jealous. You know when you're jealous heart that I'm a fucking talented screenwriter. Okay. okay, so here's how this ends. So the they get the, all these fucking zombie Santa Clauses in the pen, and the Santa Claus dies. So Christmas morning, they go out to the pen, and all of the zombies have turned into reindeer, and the harvest is saved. I like that ending a lot better. It's a Christmas miracle. These are all reindeers that were turned into demon dogs for this fucking evil Santa Claus. And once Santa Claus was killed, they all turned back into reindeer, and it's a Christmas miracle, and the harvest is rich. Admit it's a better ending. You can. We all know it is. <laughs> it's a better ending. I know you guys don't want to admit it because you 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 uh, fancy me as a bit of a moron, but you know it's a you know it's fancy? a good ending. It, okay. I don't appreciate that. You know it's a good ending, don't you? Delin, is it a good ending? Um, I would be fine if that had been the ending. Is it a better ending? Just know. say yes. You know it is. Oh, no. come on. They no, wake up in the morning. I would Papa. still have Hey, hold on. I would still have um dubious feelings about them eating the reindeer, killing and eating the reindeer when it used to be a human. Oh. No, it wasn't a human. It was always a reindeer that took fucking demon shape. While See, the demon, I saw its right. penis as it was running along. I'm sorry. Here's <laughs> that penis too. Sorry. All right. So I, to to go off of your ending, if we have if we have to give up the original ending, which I wouldn't yeah. do, okay. if we had to, I would have accepted when Santa was blown up, all of them just stopped and kind of drifted away, and then they cut back to the pen. And their Santa is sitting there and just looking no. at them. And the kid who walks over to him, he's like, you know, and, and kind of like, what are we going to do now? All the reindeer are gone. It's like, I really wish all I wanted for Christmas was to help and save my pet, save my dad's reindeers. The next morning he wakes up, the pen is full. Okay. Santa, so let's Santa gave let's, him his last wish and then disappeared. Yeah. Let's, let's elaborate on that a little bit. So then, okay. So the night before Christmas, they get the Santa Claus into the pen, like you said, and Santa speaks the only words in the movie. What do you want for the Christmas? And he says, all I want for the Christmas is for my papa to in the town to have the harvest would, of the reindeer. I wouldn't, then he wakes want, I wouldn't even want him to say it. I wouldn't want him. I think it should just be like, well, what are we going to do now? And everybody thinks the night's a waste and everything's gone. But. When P3 says that, we cut back to Santa, and he has that gold shimmer on the eyes. Mm. You know that he's got it. You're giving and he me wakes the up feels. the next day, and then the pen is good. I'm like, Santa, Santa gave us what we wanted. And, you know, dude, that's That's it. a killer ending. That's a killer ending. See, I, I write, the, I write you, the fucking endings. You do. You, I'm going to give you that. But, 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 I, but I think, I, think I, uh, I contributed to your awesome ending. I you think did. I you, think I got the ball rolling. You you at the match that, that blew up my dynamite. That's a, yeah <laughs> okay. I'll I'll be a match. Match all is right. better than nothing, dude. That's a way better ending. Can we all agree that that's a way better ending? Yeah, that's a great ending. Papa, 
Papa, come out quickly. What is it, Petri? Just come see. Santa Claus has granted my wish. Oh, <laughs> the reindeer. And then they Stop. go and slaughter all the reindeer in a fucking bloodbath and feed the town. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Uh, I loved it. I love great podcast. I loved I loved that ending. Uh, that's the ending. That's it should be made. It should be made. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I'm just, uh, I am just shocked you guys like this movie. I, I loved I it. it. I picked it going. I love this movie. I'm and. Dez is going to fucking rip it apart. He's going to read oh. it. It's going to be foreign. There's all the dicks in it. He's oh. going to have a fucking field day with this. That's I why I didn't. It. I haven't talked to you since I suggested it. I'm like, I didn't well, want so to hear anything. <laughs> he spent the entire week complaining about having to read the movie. And I'm like, it won't be that bad. It's It, just, it won't be that bad. And he's complaining. He's complaining. So I watched it on Thursday. And he's like, what did you think? And I was like, I actually really liked it. And he was like, <sighs> Like I could see him being like, oh. <laughs> <Fine>. <laughs> so I came home last night and he was like, I really liked it too. So yeah. there's <laughs> nothing not to like. You know what though? What is, not what's like. not to like? The ending's a little weird, but really what's not to like? It was a good How did ending. they miss Tony's ending? How did they miss that? That is the ending. I oh, think this... he had the idea of rare exports in his brain. And that's the export like is these weird little elf men. <laughs> Well, things, oh. I haven't watched the, the whole thing came from a short film and they actually made a sequel to the short oh. film as a short film. They're on the they're on the Blu-ray. I just never got around to watching them. So I'm curious to go back and watch it and see what where it goes. Tony, the little the gold the gold shimmer in Santa Claus's eye. Nice touch. <laughs> nice touch. <laughs> I love it. I it's fucking too love easy. it. It's, it's just, I, they write themselves. That's all. I'm, I'm, if, if that's if that's the ending, I'm literally bawling my eyes out. If that's the ending, Santa Claus alone in the pen, they look at each other, the the fucking like you said, they don't say a word, just the gold shimmer in Santa Claus's eye. The miracle has been granted, and then the morning he comes out, and the pen is full of reindeer. And reindeer, as far as the eye can see, I'm bawling my eyes out. They got, fuck, they missed it. They dropped the they dropped the fucking ball sack. That's all right. We picked it up. <laughs> okay. Um. Fun fact: one of my balls sags much lower than the other one, and when I cough, it doesn't move. I don't know if that's a problem. Okay. Let's. Oh God. Hasn't moved in years, so I'm sure it's fine. Um. Let's 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 go to the recasting couch. Um, I can't I, move it. I have questions. <laughs> <laughs> One, how do you know it doesn't move when you cough? Have this been mirrors set up? Cameras? Yeah. You know what? Don't. Yeah. We'll discuss this offline. There'll okay. Be a, there'll be a follow-up meeting. Okay. We have to, my curiosity is peaked. I'll report to everyone um, offline. Oh, I cradle it with my right oh. hand. For the love of God. Yeah, I cradle them and one one jumps and the other doesn't. Uh, oh, okay, God. recasting couch. Recasting um, couch, please. Yes, I would recast, I mean, no one. I'll take the creature that they give us, the Santa Claus creature, and I'll replace it with the giant skull from Spinal Tap. That's my recast. Uh, Dylan, what do you got? I mean, I hesitate to recast Reno because that is the kid's father in real life. Don't um, you dare. Hey. Don't you dare recast that little kid. He is the fucking. I'm not going to recast is... the little kid. I'm going to recast the dad. No. No. 
Oh. Who, who do you get? Wait, wait a second. Are we doing the recasting couch or are we just doing Des Says? Des Says don't recast that guy. Dude, they're, they're, they're related. It's dad and child. You can't break these two up in it's the a, movie. It's a okay. bond. Yeah, okay. who, 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 uh, who would you if you could? Let's, let's recast Peeper in then, the, the one with the, the glasses. Let's do the, the easy recast. Let's put okay. in Kurt Russell. Yeah, okay, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> or the sheriff could be the sheriff from fucking uh, Rambo. Okay. <laughs> Or the little kid with the mullet could be the little kid from fucking uh, River's Edge. Uh, River's Edge. That's a, such a creepy movie, man. I can't watch that one anymore. It's just too creepy. Tony, who, who would you who who would have been the dad? I'm curious who you had. Uh, Liam yeah. Neeson. Oh yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That 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 works. But you know, it's hard to feel sorry for Liam Neeson because one, not knowing any of these actors, I find when I go into a movie, I don't know any of the actors. You really buy their characters because you don't know yeah. them from anything else. No, true. So, enough. You know, Liam Neeson, he's a little too, he'd have to lose a lot of weight for me to get the feels for him and kind of have to be unidentifiable as Liam Neeson. This actor was great. I love this guy. Oh, I love this guy. He was so tough, but so vulnerable at the same time, which is really hard to do because I felt he was a manly man that was in control and grizzled and, and, Callous from life in the in the surroundings he lived in, but at the same time he felt so soft and so full of emotion and pain. Oh, love it. Tony, what do you got? All right, I actually have two, which is rare because I usually hate this part because I'm not good at it. Okay, everything you just described is exactly what Mads Mikkelsen can bring to any role. Mm, I love him. I would love to see him as the dad. If, yes, if I had to recast, but you're 100 right. The dad needs to stay the dad. But that yeah. was the first thing I was thinking is like, who can portray tough but yet vulnerable? Mads is amazing. Like I, I could watch Hannibal on a fucking loop and just love it because it's everything is awesome. He's who so do good. we know him from? Who is he? I don't I don't know the actor. He was all right, he's he was Hannibal in the TV show in Rogue One. Did you see Rogue One? Yes. He was the lead character's dad in the beginning at the farm. Mm-hmm. He, he was thought, also yeah. in Doctor Doctor Strange. He was the bad guy in the original Doctor yeah. Strange. Yeah, he was the bad guy in Doctor Strange. He was also in um, Casino Royale, the yeah. um, Bond movie. He was the guy with the blood coming out of his eye. He's he in New, New Indiana Jones. Yeah, he looks very similar to this guy. But you know, this this actor had the perfect build for this too. Like he looked rugged, but he looked hungry. Oh, it was yeah. so good. But the one <laughs> I was. originally thinking was um, the guy with the sunglasses, the, the helicopter pilot, which I love. Is um, Nick Frost from? Oh yeah, from every Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, the fat guy. It was like Mm. literally, he looks like him. He's got the same mannerisms. He's got the wise ass remarks. I'd like to kind of see him go into there and make it a little funnier. Yeah, and that that could be kind of fun. How about we put Sammy Hagar in that that role? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Um, All right, cool. So let's um, let's do some final thoughts and. Rewatch scores. Uh, All right. You go first. Um, <laughs> I it's it, This is going to be a tough one because, I mean, I only watch it come Christmas time. I'm not watching it in the middle of the summer or anything. But it's always on the top of my rewatch list in, in the winter. Always introduce it to new people. People have never heard of it. And it, I'm so glad because I have not had one person I've showed to go, no, that wasn't for me. Everyone's like, I need to show this to everybody I know. Like, I'm sure when you, you, know, you saw you posted, hey, we're doing this. I posted shit. That's we're doing. Two people basically said, oh, my God, I fucking love that movie. Yeah. Right. So it's like it, everybody likes it because it's so innocent. 
so beautiful and just fun. It's a fun little movie. And it's like you said, it's over before you know it doesn't overstay its welcome. Anything you could nitpick to it, you're literally nitpicking. There's nothing yes. really wrong with it. So I mean, my my score, I am with the, the 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 caveat of it's a holiday movie, so I'm only watching it on the holiday. I got to give it like a four point eight. Like I said, it's it's high on my re, my holiday rewatch. That and Black Christmas and Christmas Story, obviously the three must see, you know, Christmas movies for me. So yeah. all right. Uh, Christmas Vacation we will be doing next week, which is a must-watch on Christmas. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, honestly, I'm not going to just um, parrot everything that Tony said because I do agree. It was, I was pleasantly surprised. It was an easy watch. It was a fun watch. Even though you're reading it, it was it moved. Um, I take a couple points off because I thought the ending was a little funky, but... Mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. Uh, I'm going to give it a 4.256. I like it. Tony, if this movie had your ending, I mean, if this movie had your ending, it might have been damn close because I I swear to God, that ending, it literally would have torn me up inside. It would have made me cry. I mean, with my issues and my (laughs) fucking family issues and, you know, knowing what it's like to be hungry with no presents on Christmas Eve, which is like every Christmas I ever had. Hey, no, no. <laughs> well, I mean, until I got married. I mean, I'm talking as a child, as a vulnerable, abused child. Um, yeah. So I this one hit hard, but the ending was janky. I mean, really janky. Hmm. But I mean, it's a fucking beautiful movie. It's a beautiful movie, and I and I'm I'm gonna have to score it high. And I know that with Delin's score and your score. It's going to put it above movies that I think are way better. And it's going to sit way too high in the rankings. But, but it's a holiday. That's always the understanding. It's a holiday movie. It's not a real, quote, real, like, everyday movie. Right. But so I think that's okay. we don't have different categories. So it's just going to sit where it sits with its score. And it's going to sit way too high. Because well, I can't score it. I mean, score here's it. the thing. I don't think that you can say that because if you can't score it too low and I can't score it too low and Tony can't score it too low, it belongs where it belongs. Boom. And that's right. that. But if this thing comes in over like, uh, I don't know, it can't be top 10. It can't. There's you 10 never movies. know. Give your okay. score. My score is four. Dude. What? I'm sorry. I was Four. just gonna say it, it was a it was a movie that you had to read and you loved it. I know. Do you understand how hard that is? <laughs> All right this this movie is four point three seven, and it's only getting to three seven because of the ending. With a better ending, this might be like four point nine. I mean four point three seven. It's great, and with Tony's ending, it's a four point nine eight. It's almost perfect. Calculate those scores. I'm working on it. That's what we got. Okay. It comes to 4.475333. So let's see where it takes us on the list. Oh, God. That's way too high. It's very high. I'm scared. It's too high. It's too high. Number seven. It's number seven. This is number seven. A Norwegian film with no practical effects. And all the dicks. And subtitles and a bunch of dicks and a bad ending. It's number seven or whatever. That's fucking awesome. I am so glad. It's a Christmas miracle. What's it above and below? So it's right below Daddy's Home, which scored way too high. That should fucking be there. Fuck that movie. Daddy's Home should be number one. Go ahead. No, it should not. 
Um, and it's right above Sinister and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's okay. high. Wow. So I, I don't... I, I, I would rather watch this than Sinister just because it had so much heart. It's, it's not better than movie. Fast Yeah, it's not better than Fast Times at Ridgemont High. It's not. Again, it's different not. kind of movies, different feelings, different times. You know, so where is it again? What number? Seven. Seven. Nice. Seven. Uh, does wow. it make you feel better that it beat Black Christmas? <laughs> yes, because it's better than Black Christmas. But seven? How many Number movies seven. have we done now? What? Many. 69? 70? 69, dude. Yeah, something like that. So out of a 70 lot. movies, 70 movies, this is number seven. <laughs> so what's, give us give us the top ten really quick. Top okay, 10. so number one is Beverly Hills Cop, Galaxy Quest, Lethal Weapon 4, The Thing, and Ghostbusters. They're all five. No. Uh, number two is Deadpool. Number three mm-hmm. is Jaws and Dodgeball. Mm-hmm. Number four is Creepshow. Number five mm-hmm. is Robocop. Number six is Daddy's Home. It doesn't belong there. Uh, uh, Creepshow doesn't belong there. Go ahead. Yes, it does. Creepshow totally great. does. Yes. Okay. Uh, seven is Rare Exports. Eight is Sinister and Fast Times. Nine is First Blood, The Wedding Singer, and Central Intelligence, which also scored way too high. Oh, no. um, the Boondock Saints is at number 10. Hmm. That's that's a solid fucking list, man. Hey, listen, yeah, you know what? These are, all, these are all movies I'd watch again, so... Yeah, yeah, no regrets. No regrets. It's got a lot of heart. It's it's a it's a fantastic little movie. It's it's a little gem. It is. I'd watch it. I'd watch it again. I'll watch I, it every Christmas now. I Yay. can guarantee you I could pick 30 movies off that list that I would watch before this again, but it was a great movie and I, I stand behind that score. I couldn't go any lower on it. Uh, it's just like you would you would watch it and cry. That's why you're not going to watch it again. Uh, yes. Okay. Um, so <laughs> next week we will be back where we'll be doing Christmas Vacation with Pat. This week on Breaking Vinyl, our sister podcast, we did um, Hanoi Rocks, Two Steps from the Move. And I revealed whether or not I would fuck my high school mom in the backseat of a car if that I was a time mean. traveler. Sounds, Gross. Sounds really we were talking, we were talking about uh, uh, Back to the Future. So uh, the scene came up and... Uh, yeah, so I just listen to the podcast, and you'll find out, you know, what I would have done. Because everyone I, knows I, what I, you're going to have done, because you're a broken I, individual. Because I, I, I think Michael Monroe, and I think fucking my high school mom. <laughs> Do you guys want to sniff my finger? Ew. Okay. <laughs> What's wrong next with you? Time, until next time, I just have one question for you. <laughs> hey, why are you still listening to this podcast? <laughs> oh God. See you next time. <laughs>